Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap. Coming to you, strangely enough, on a Wednesday night, but uh, fortuitously, because there's been tons going on uh, in relation to the Crows uh, just today with some trades uh, announced or potential trades announced with free agency. Tons to talk about. Let's get right into it. Nikki, how are you going, guys? Well, everything's happened today. You, you're spot on. It was, it was a good call. All right. <laughs> All right. to go, let, let's push it till later in the week. Yeah, no, it's a good on the crows to just hold it till we had our show tonight, and well done by them for that. Um, Classic no, programming, I think. Oh, well, I, we'll go give you the big tip there for you. know, you must have contact inside the crows. But <laughs> hey, it's been a big. It's been a big, big day, hasn't it, really? Huge big, day. big day. Huge day. Look, uh, we want to just say good day to everyone that's on the chat uh, at the moment. Uh, welcome to Vardy. Uh, welcome to uh, PJ Crows. Um, uh, welcome to everyone who joins us both on Facebook and YouTube as well as Twitch. Um, get around us on Discord. You can go to the aflcrowcast.com website go to the live chat page and uh, hook into discord there if you don't have discord on your phone or device um yeah i mean it sort of came out of left field i didn't didn't think that uh we'd hear much for the for the next week or so with the grand final coming up but uh two big announcements today and uh i guess you know now uh, now the fun begins i suppose well it really does and uh well you know we won't really know uh, for a while, um, and because if it goes all the way through to uh, free agency, we will not know our reimbursement. We will not know what our uh, compensation is until uh, that happens, and that's of course that's in about four weeks' time, three four weeks' time. Um, and but uh, free agency yeah, we is about- um, free agency is the October first week 30, of November. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you know, we were just talking off air, and uh, I know Fiend and I we we share the same opinion. We think that uh, Brad and uh, the Crows and the Saints will have been talking for quite some time, and uh, they know the rules in the fact of what we want. Uh, we want pick two. <laughs> that means we need the compensation. Uh, sorry, we need the contract between Brad and the Saints to be appropriately at that level. And I, you know, my my. My guess at it is he's got a five-year contract at 700-plus, just a tickle over, to satisfy them because uh, they want their draft picks because they've got their eyes on other players as well. And they've been, they did a very good job with their draft picks last year with what they got and uh, the Saints. Mm. And uh, Brad will add very nicely to it. And if they can uh, prize away the young lad from uh, GWS as well to who they're after, they'll have done very, very well. But they've got other players as well they've got their eyes on. So... My take on it is, and I think yours is absolutely the same thing, is that uh, I reckon we'll end up with pick two. Well, and that's the end of the cast. 
Well, I didn't have None. To. We're happy. <laughs> covered it all in the first five minutes. <laughs> Nick, no, there's plenty of other plays to talk about, though. Nikki, what's your take? It's going to be interesting because I did see a couple of things that if it's in the high 600s, it still might not be enough. I think I think it's like 685 where it has to. That's where it hits the band, um, the band one threshold. The length doesn't matter. Um, unfortunately, and that's actually what he wanted. So it could be that we may end up actually only with a band two. If if it's 680 or if it's 685, we may uh, actually end up with band two. Yeah. My, my personal view is similar to Macca's. I, um, I can't see the point in St Kilda doing the deal if it's going to cost them draft picks because if, if it drops to band two, we will match and then yeah. the Saints don't have any trade currency. They've, they haven't got no, much in don't. the first round. So it's worth St Kilda's while to spend a bit more money to save themselves uh, their first round pick and to also guarantee that they get Brad. And uh, look, I don't think they've got terrible salary cap issues at the moment, St Kilda. Um, they've, actually bagged, they've actually bagged a lot, Fee. Yep, exactly. Um, they got, you know, 700 over four would get it over the line, I think, for band one. Yeah, um, and I don't yeah, see I don't see why St Kilda wouldn't do that. I mean, reportedly Brad's on between six hundred and six fifty um, with us at the moment. So clearly, if they are going to offer six eighty over four, we'd just say, well, that's not enough. We're going to match, um, and I think we'd probably be prepared to hang on to Brad at six eighty over four. To be honest, yeah, um, yep, I agree with that. And let's remember that Brad's first wish stated publicly was to stay family issues and or family ties and his partner etc etc so um he's not going to be terribly opposed if the crows match and you know uh, he ends up staying uh, i'm not saying that that's going to happen but I, what i mean to, by that is that we've got leverage in this deal and i think that adelaide and st kilda would be well aware of um the permutations and they would have just gone straight down the line and said all right 700 over four that'll give you band one we don't have to spend a pick everyone's happy play on uh 100% agree uh, i can't see why you would it would be announced now uh, otherwise because you don't you don't announce something that's going to be pointless and not happen no well that's right that's right maca um and look to be perfectly honest with you uh, when i uh read that it was st kilda today my first thought was, do you know what? That's a really good system for Brad Crouch to be in. Uh, if yeah, ever there was a coach, if ever and there was a coach, they need him. Yeah, but if ever there was a coach that was going to get the best out of Bradley Crouch, it's the bloke who used to play quite similarly to him in, in Brett Ratton. Excellent um, point, thing. Excellent. You know, uh, they're very similar players. Ratton was a hard nut in and under, got a lot of the ball. Um, you know, uh, very similar type. I think Ratton would know Brad Crouch's game very well. And uh, as, as a result, yeah, I, I think that uh, we might see some good uh, some good matches out of uh, Brad in St Kilda Guernsey. Um, and I think he, he finishes off their midfield quite nicely, to be honest. 
Well, we don't. Yeah. I, I had looked at their midfield uh, because they listed in the paper today what the, what he would is going to slot into, mm. and he certainly is the missing link in there. There's no doubt about it. And he he will fit in there like a hand in the glove. And uh, uh, and I, you're quite right. The, the coach is the right coach for him. He's quite because he is a he is the type of person that I mean. Our coach last year, I think, was a little bit soft at times, and then he tried to become a little bit tough, and because he's learning learning the game. But Ratton, he knows the game. He knows the game already. He's 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 very good. He knows how to handle people. He knows how to handle players, and he worked he worked very very well with the St Kilda team, and uh, I think they'll be a very good force next year as well. So I, I think it worked for St Kilda. There's no doubt about that. It worked. We get band two, no band one, sorry, and get picked two. It worked for us. Uh, and I work yeah. for Brad as a player. Yeah, no doubt, mate. Um, does anyone honestly think that it doesn't go ahead? I mean, there's been lots of no. hand wringing and and uh, permutations on Big Footy and on Twitter and whatnot. Does anyone seriously think that at this late stage, it doesn't go ahead with band one compensation? It will happen. That's my statement. It will happen. It just is, it's, as I said, it would be pointless to announce it at this stage that close to uh, the free agency ta- uh, uh, taking place if it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a dead set it will happen. Yeah, I, I think so. Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it will. Um, particularly this early, it's being announced. It's just pretty much getting everybody accepting to it. It's ducks in a row, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, That's and, exactly right. You know, and all, all the talk, I mean, the Crows officially can't match, well, an offer officially can't have been made to Brad because uh, we haven't hit the, the 30th of October yet. Uh, so Adelaide can't officially declare whether they're going to match or not. Um, so we're going to have a few days, you know, nine days of speculation. But the simple fact is that I'm sure that all parties would be well aware of uh, exactly what's on the table and uh, they would have already come to terms, I'd imagine. And I, w- I would be surprised if uh, if it takes very long into uh, the free agency period of trade uh, week uh, to get it done. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you. I think it'll roll over very quickly indeed. You know, because if if if, if we are right in our assumption that the ducks are all line up for both of us, both clubs and the player, then uh, there's no point in in holding it back. So you you just do it, so you can get on with the next. Yeah, um, Hardigan is the uh, the left field one or left field ish, I guess. Um, a little bit <laughs> unexpected. You happy, Macca? Well, actually. Now, I have to say this about Hardigan. I have belted shit out of him at times, but not for the fact that he can't play, because he can actually play. He's, he's fast, he's strong, Yeah. but he, when he has to think, well, fuck me, we're in trouble, because he didn't make the <laughs> wrong decision. But um, if they can just get him to play, um, if, they, if, you know, if, any, if the coaches just get him to play without thinking, in other words, just do it as part of the process and uh, automatically... He'd be a, he's a, look. He is a good player, and he'd be a much better player if he, if he were to do that. He's not a great thinker of the game because once he starts thinking about it, he goes for a dinky little pass, and that's when he that's not his game. And you know, he's just not good at that. How, how so, many how, how many big men react. are good, 
how many big men are good distributors of the ball? Like when you think about other teams, how many other yeah, teams are successful in having? It, uh, it takes too long. Yeah, it takes and too long I, for the message from the brain to get down to the feet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, so, so while I build him, I, I'm going to miss him because um, I thought he had his best year this year. I thought he yeah. played some excellent games this year, and that's undoubtedly why Hawthorne. I've looked at that. They've got a hole there now that uh, what's his name is retired. <coughs> Frawley. Uh, uh, he just he just slots in there very neatly for yeah. them, and uh, he'll do as good a job as Frawley did. And uh, the only time they'll have their heart in their mouth is we decide to do a short pass in the back lines. Well, God knows who will hit on the chest. But look, uh, he, he is look. He's a good enough. He is a good AFL player, and, and uh, but you know he's just got to play instinctively rather than try and think. Look, I actually yeah, felt that um, Hardigan played very well uh, when he came back into the side uh, as a defender. Um, he you did. Know, there's still the still the the, the brain fades, and uh, you know that's well documented. But as a defender, he is a very good player, and he's quite versatile because you know we've seen him play on tall opponents and also you know short uh, um, small forwards as well with uh, reasonable success. So. Um, you bet your life, Macca and Nick, that Alistair Clarkson will have someone running uh, past Hardigan every time he's got the ball. He would certainly be aware of whatever weaknesses Hardigan has got because yeah. he would he would look. They'd look at the tapes, look at the tapes, and they'd work it all out how he'd fit in. And uh, I have I have no doubt. You know, he, he'll do a Henderson. He'll, Henderson had a very good career at Hawthorne uh, yeah. as a and role player. As, in a particular role, and I expect yep. Hardigan to do the same at Hawthorne. But now the big question is, and the talking point from, from my point of view is, he's 28 years of age, but mm. they're talking about a, a three-year contract, and I would think his salary will, will, would be what three fifty four hundred, something like that. Would that be right? Oh, oh, yeah, I don't think it'd be any more than four hundred. Yeah, he's he's unrestricted though as well. So what, what do you mean by that, Nick? I think doesn't that kind of affect the compo as well? No, I don't oh, think really? so. It just it just uh, means no, that we no, can't match. So. Yeah. Nah. Um, but I'm thinking that uh, if he gets a uh, three-year contract uh, and if he gets three fifty to four hundred, it's going to put him in uh, either the second, or either the lowest band or the second lowest band. And uh, but even that puts us gets us a reasonably good draft pick. Well, I think it puts him in the same compo band as Rory Atkins. Um, what would Rory go for? Four fifty over five, or something like that? No, no, the, he's the, gone for higher. He's gone. No, he's, he's. I reckon he's going to get us a second rounder because uh, <clears throat> his contract, his contract is five by five hundred. Five by five hundred. Well, the length doesn't matter, yep. uh, but five hundred does, and he's twenty. What's Rory? 23? 26. Twenty-six. No, 26. 26. Oh, 25, okay. 25, 25, 26. Well, mm, yeah, I reckon, I don't know, whether it gets us into the second round. It probably gets us a I third round. I think it's round. a band three. No, I don't think it's what, a, what's yeah. band, what, a band three. Is what? I don't think, think it's a second round with? pick. Band three is a second round pick. Band one is what we're looking at for Brad. Band two is end of first round. Band three is end of second round. Um. I, 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 no, 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 band three is not in, in the second round. It's a, it's a second round pick, isn't it? 
Well, uh, yeah, pick after our second round pick, which will be end of second round, mate. By but the what, time, but by the time all the bloody, um, uh, by the time, but as I, I'm talking, yeah, but I'm talking about as I stand now. Mm. You got to talk about as I stand. Well, now. it'll be a pick um, after our second round pick. Will be which will be twenty one. Yes, and and uh, the looking at the rules, it the uh, the where you are on the ladder has no bearing on it. It's just you're either in that in that category or you're not in that category. The category being the whole one to eighteen. Oh yeah, no, I understand that. Um, I don't think we'll get that though for him. Honestly, don't. Well, but who uh, knows? What... <clears throat> who knows? Has any club ever lost three three players in one off season to free no. agency? No. no. So, uh, but look at it's... look at look at the bigger picture though. What have we got to pick up? And what do we need? Draft picks for points. We do. This is well, helping us out very nicely. Well, I, I would go further and say that we've, we've probably got two. We've got more than we need. Um, Which means we might be. Uh, <laughs> are, are we? Are we going to make the bulldogs pay? Well, we, we will do that, of course. I think we would be. We would not be doing our jobs as a football club if we did not uh, go for the bulldogs uh, academy player at pick one. We have to do that, and we also. Have to be, uh, <laughs> but if we do that, we still don't have a pick one. It doesn't, well, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I matter. know, but, it, but that just tickles um, my funny bone. Not, not interested about glamour, just results. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about permutations in the draft in a little bit. Let's talk quickly about some of the other free agency moves that we know of, um, and the big one, of course, was Jeremy Cameron uh, off to Geelong. Um, those paper bags down at Geelong must be very, very deep. If, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how they, you can keep on getting players. And they, they say that, that they treat players coming to the club, uh, they make sure they don't get as much as the existing stars there, etc. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. I, I, cry, I cry absolute bullshit to that because of the fact that... Well, the players you... don't. Their families do. Well, Matt, okay, you know, you're really saying, Nikki, there's an overall package done in a certain way that makes sure that they get a good result. And, yes. uh, and because um, you don't leave, Jeremy Cameron's been offered a huge amount at, uh, at GWS. And Geelong are not going to say, well, you know, good, good on you, Jeremy. Here's 500 for you, mate. I mean, no. so. He'll, he'll be there on 750. He'll be there on 750. At um, least. Look, they've got Ablett coming off the books. Uh, they've got yep. um, Henderson coming off the books. They've got Harry Taylor's contract ending, irrespective of whether he retires or continues. His next contract will be a fraction of what it was. So, I mean, they are freeing a bit of money up. Um, but even so... Uh, but they, they you know, did talk about the fact that when Ablett came back that he wasn't on big money. That's right. That was their that was their yeah. selling point. So everybody said, "Oh yeah, Ablett's going off the books." It's like, well, apparently he's not on a lot though. Taylor, I think, was on a decent amount, but I'm not sure. Yeah, would have been too oh. much compared to Danger or Selwood, etc., or even Ablett. You would think, but I did find it very interesting. But before Jeremy Cameron that announcement made, there was some grumbling in the media about, "Do we have to look at the salary cap down at Geelong?" So I think there was some awareness that something was coming 
and the media were some of that Vic media was starting to circle a little well, bit. The other thing with Geelong is they've got a couple of young lads, Parfit in particular, that they've offered a short term contract because I think uh, they're trying to line that up with Dangerfield and uh, Selwood coming out of contract in a couple of years. Um, mm. But uh, they've got a couple of young lads down there um, that they're going to have to try and retain uh, over the next uh, couple of years. So, I mean, I mean, whoever works their TPP is a magician. Um, and, look, let's spare a thought too. Let's just have a moment's silence in the, in the podcast for our good mate, Josh Jenkins. <laughs> because... I'm sorry, it has meant me silent. Because... Ruin his grand final. JJ, what's JJ going to do? He's going to be playing down at bloody, uh, I don't know, whatever the Corio. districts are around there. Down at Mobs Creek. Well, yeah, but sadly, Teddy's the highest paid player down there ever. Oh. <laughs> We're paying some of yeah, no, that, well, that finishes. That finishes this year. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is. It, it, it finishes. No, it, it finishes for Eddie. But I thought there's another year to go on his. Don't know. But I think I think we were only paying the first um, towards the first year though. I hope so. Yeah, he's been absolutely useless. He got one game with Geelong. And he, he did very little, and uh, he won't get any more games. Well, I mean, will they retain him? I, mean, I don't know what his contract is. But um, they got, got Radigalia. They got Radigalia there. They got Hawkins. They got Jeremy Cameron. They got uh, yeah. a fair amount of tools. Um, he picked a poor club to go to. Oh my goodness me! Uh, yeah, um, and you know what? He get one game uh, as a backup ruck, basically. So uh, I think yeah, I guess, off memory. I, I guess you get what you deserve, don't you? Uh, in in relation to that, and uh, Josh probably. Um, it could be said that maybe he's getting what he deserves right now. Uh, anyway. well, I know that he, he, his aim in life was to become uh, big in the media and he was going to yep. use sport as part of that, but it's pretty hard to do that when you're just hanging around the, the suburbs playing that football there. Uh, he's very much into his uh, American sport. I think he's got a gig with... Uh, well, he did have a gig with um, ESPN doing some writing with them. Yeah, uh, yeah he'll, he'll be right. He's got enough of it. Also very, he's also very big in harness racing. I, I, I race yes. paces, yeah. and, and uh, he writes a lot about that as well. Yeah. So now who else did we have? Uh, we've had about uh, half the Essendon squad announce uh, that they want to leave. Uh, they're in a massive <laughs> uh, quandary at the moment. Well, that, you know, that, that says a lot for Rutten. Yeah, it does. I, don't, I, think, I don't think Benny's got the uh, people skills. That's what I think. I don't think it's on Rutten at all. I don't think it's. Well, I think. I think it's much more deep seated than Benny Rutten. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's massive. But the, I was just kind of alluding to, you know, how would you feel as your coach? You're coming oh, in, yeah. and all the players want to leave. I mean, it may yeah. not be ultimately to do with you. And I, I think you're right. There are massive issues at that club. Yeah. That we know but where this podcast started was actually all around their massive issues. Um, and I don't think they've fixed it. They've still got their head in the sand so much about that. Yeah, uh, look, I think uh, it's a situation there where the whole list needs to turn over, but also most of the admin needs to turn over as well. I think they just need to, uh, to coin a phrase, drain the swamp there. Uh, and until they do so and, and start to rebuild that culture, 
they're just not going to get buy-in from players, in my view. Um, but uh, you know that it won't stop Dodoro from asking for a uh, for two first rounders for Arazi or Fantasia, <laughs> because oh, yeah. um, uh, that's what Dodoro, you know, he makes me laugh. He's held in such high esteem by the Victorian media as being such a, a tough negotiator and all the rest of it. He's been at that club for 22 years and how many premiership lists has he built in that time? Mm. Well, a the thing about him is none. that... Zero. The thing about him, Feeney, I think he's actually a negative to the club because Absolutely. last year, last year he they could have got, I think it was pick five... And, uh, and maybe a second rounder um, uh, for the broken down one, and uh, who's now gone off to Brisbane yeah. uh, for free. So yep. you know he, so he's cost them. Oh, uh, gotcha. A drug. I mean, that, and he does that every year, every year. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I think he's a, the, one of the greatest liabilities that club's had. He thinks he. Uh, he swans around. I always call him El Dorado because he swans around like he thinks he made a goal. But mm. um, <laughs> but, but he, he, yeah, he all the deals always fall through. 99 percent of the essence of the deals fall through. He'll get through one occasionally where he screwed some poor club that's finally agreed. But gee, he's lost them so much, and uh, I think oh, he's yeah. a little big de- negative. Yeah, but uh, but their fans look at it as oh, he's talking tough. We don't want to lose a player, and we get to keep them, and they think. He's done such a good job because he's so unreasonable that yeah, nobody wants all. to work with him. That's all ego bullshit, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a results-driven business, and the simple fact is that he's been at Essendon for twenty-two years or whatever it is, and in that time, he's won. They've won one premiership, and he certainly wasn't involved in building that squad, uh, you know. And since then. Um, he hasn't been able to build a premiership squad. Uh, even when they were uh, going through their drug cheating, uh, that squad wasn't going to win a flag anyway. That's why they had to cheat. The expectations of that club mm. were far higher. That This is the thing with Essendon. The ego of that club is so great and the expectations are so unrealistic that when they don't win, they are so offended by it that they had to resort to what they did in 2015. Or 2016 and there's or a lot of money around that club. There's a yeah. lot of very high-powered business but, people that expect results. But I'm 100% yeah, with right. you, Macca. 100% with you. Dodoro, you know, he can talk tough as much as he likes, but the simple fact is it's all his own personal ego and uh, as, as a consequence, he's got nothing to show for it. And the, you know, and the player, Dana, he's, he's going to Brisbane for nothing, for zero. Exactly. Get, They'll, they'll get a compensation pick for him, but they, I, I can't see him being a first rounder because he's, you know, he's played so little football in in the yeah. last three years. Oh no, I think it will be. I think it will be because it'll be you contract reckon? size. Oh, they'll give Brisbane will give Danaher seven hundred. Well, well, it's a very interesting situation. I, I think there's a bit to play out in in that one because uh, Daniel McStay is quite a good player. And I think them going hard at Danaher basically signals that they've lost a bit of faith in McStay. And I think that might be a bit misplaced because they play on that bloody short ground at the Gabba. And we all know that you play on a short ground, it makes it very difficult to play two tools. And they play the other lad, Hipwood, 
Um, and I just think they don't maybe have the structure right to accommodate the both of them. It's going to be very interesting to see how they play Danaher and what happens to Hipwood and McStay. I wouldn't mind betting that McStay um, comes up in trade discussions with a few clubs. And, and, he, and he, uh, there'd be quite a few clubs that want him as well because he's not a bad player. Yeah, well, one one I can think of off the top of my head is GWS. Uh, absolutely. And talking about GWS, their day in the sun's gone. They're... The windows closing, Fiend. Um, they had they had probably two or three years there where they were getting close and they just didn't quite make it. And uh, but because they're getting drained of players right, left, and centre, they have been constantly. And yeah, they've been replaced with some nice draft picks, but they're not at the same level as they they once had a side full of first rounders, and now you know they're just joining the the queue. And I think GWS are going to be a club on the decline. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, uh, you know, we've talked about the heart and soul of that club or the lack thereof, and um, I think the players themselves know that they've missed an opportunity. They didn't play for their coach in 2020. Um, It beggars belief that Leon Cameron got an extension because I just don't think a bloke provided with that much talent at his his disposal um, can't get that team up... uh, on grand final oh, day, uh, <clears throat> I don't think the I don't think the bloke can coach. Um, and I don't think he can either. No, there's there's no proof on the table. There's no proof on the table that Leon Cameron can coach, and I think the exodus of players. And let's let's remember, Cameron was a foundation player. Um, you know, almost almost the last of the Mohicans in terms of the original squad, um, and for him to move away to a club that's in the, you know, you could argue is in the premiership window, Geelong, um, certainly at the pointy end. Uh, that's a big call. And he can say that he wants to be down near home and do his fishing and all the rest of it as much as he likes. But the simple fact of the matter is he's getting on in terms of his AFL career and he'd be wanting a flag. Absolutely. And he, and I tell you what, he, he played this year like a player who did not want to be there. Oh, and half a dozen of them did the same. Yeah. You know, when you look at the quality of the side of the GWS, and we beat GWS at Fiend. Yeah. They, they mean, will be picked to pieces over the next couple of years. You've got some very, very, very good players in that team. Toby Green will be headhunted, in my opinion. Um, the guy that plays off wing, uh, left footer, what's his name? I always forget his name. Um uh, you like him, so whip not whip. Um, whip uh, yeah, yeah um, you know what I'm talking about. I do, and uh, he's not actually a left footer. He's a right. He's a right footer. Feet. He's just such a beautiful kick either foot. Yeah, um, he'll be headhunted. Uh, Harry Hummelberg, I reckon, will be headhunted. These blokes that have been in the system for quite a while up there um, will be right for. Does the Harry want to come play with his brother? Well, you know there is that option. Um, I think it cost too much for us, but uh, there, there'll be people sniffing around. And see, the thing with those blokes, green, etc., they're going to be hunting flags. They're going to be going to clubs that are in the in the window um, or thereabouts. So it'll be very interesting. But I, I think they're in a world of pain, GWS. Uh, I agree. And uh, J-Mac, uh, 
with wisdom as uh, advisor said it's Whitfield that we were stumbling over. We were <laughs> we we were talking about. Yeah, you, you guys, you had the woo going for you. I know, yeah. yeah. It's, just it those, it's just one of those things that sometimes a name will come and sometimes it just won't. Yeah, it, it won't just disappears. It. it just won't. That's right. But, but we can always rely on everyone in the chat, though, Mako. Well, they just sit there, lying back, listen to the shit we dribble, and, <laughs> and, they, just, <laughs> and, they, and they just fill in the blanks. And just fill in the blanks. Yeah, thanks, fellas. <laughs> so, so who else we got in uh, free agency world at the moment? I can't think of anything else. Off, anyone else off the top of my head? They, they would have to. Or do we talk about Fantasia? Oh well, no, that's not free agency. Um, so I just wanted to cover. Oh, no, sorry, you're right. He's, he, he is contracted. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting um, one, though, uh, Fantasia, because I think um, we'll have El Dorado there trying to screw Port for. Yeah, well, I just want to. I just want to cover a free agency first, Maka, if you don't mind. We're going left, right and centre here. Um, Apologies, I'm doing I know, I'm doing you, I know you're very excited, but uh, we'll cover all day. of it. Um, but, Nick, can you think of any other free agents that have been announced? I can't think of any. No, there might have been, but they weren't big enough to make any news on my radar. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about um, our draft position as it sits now, because obviously... Um, you know, the Crouch situation has been speculative, but now we've got a little bit more certainty around it. We don't know the pick yet, but I think we can safely work on pick two um, for the sake of the conversation. It opens up a few options for us. Um, we can play a straight back and take one, two, and um, eight to the draft, or we can get a bit creative. Well, yes, I was actually going to raise this with you, Fiend, but I shut up because I was being, I would tell you, really taking off track so many times. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, uh, there, I think there is a real possibility here that, that, and I haven't got it in front of me, so I can't say which clubs, but this is a year where so many clubs have got uh, the players that have been, uh, that they've got, Linked to them that they can, that they want to take, and they'll be able to take. But there's also people are going to bid on them, and they need draft picks to make sure that they can get them. You know, the academy players, etc., father, son, or those type of players. And uh, there's some very good players there that will be bid on early. And uh, and I just don't know which club, and maybe somebody out there on the chat might have a better idea than that than we than than I do. Anyhow. Um, We've got so many picks at the moment. I think we, we've probably got two or three excess more than, than we're going to uh, than players yeah. at least. So we could actually it could be a situation we could bundle up picks that will give that uh, a club more points than their their first round pick is worth. So and that way, get ourselves another first round pick. And, uh, and who, who's, that? who's that? Who's that? Th- that's the first scenario I want to put to you because I think I think we've got. If we get um, um, compensation for Atkins, Hardigan, and Crouch, um, I think Western Bulldogs number twelve comes into play for us. That well, that's one of the clubs I there was definitely was aware of that one. Yeah, I think there's a deal to be done um, uh, with the dogs pick, um, given that their first rounder is going to be spent on their academy guy. And all yep. they care about is points. That's all they yep. care about. And we've got a whole, we've got a wheelbarrow 
the Banook's going to walk in there with a wheelbarrow full of picks and points and say, here you go, Bulldogs, how do you want to play this? And I can see yeah, that the, happening. Yeah, the Bulldogs already, I think they're about 255 in deficit already. Ex- yeah, so points are the points are the currency. Um, who cares what the pick is? So I, I think that is very much in play, very much in play, which then gives us... Um, one, two, eight, and what is it? Twelve or fourteen or something? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So that's four first-round picks um, in a draft that is a bit of a crapshoot. It is so, a crapshoot, no doubt about that. Yeah. So you know, you not, know what I th- I think Banook also needs to be doing. Well, getting off Twitter because is <laughs> with some of these excess picks is is looking to get, get into next year. Absolutely. First round. Nick. Absolutely, Nick. And it's going to be difficult, Nicky, because everybody knows that next year's draft at this stage is going to be a midfielder's paradise. There's yep. lots of prospects. And um, it comes it becomes a question of can you make something tasty enough for a club like Essendon or Sydney? Uh, I don't think you're going to entice North Melbourne. Uh, but Essendon, Sydney, maybe Gold Coast... Um, to part with a first round pick in 2021 uh, I almost think that a first a pick swap into 2021 is going to cost us two first rounders 8 and 14 that's what I think you reckon? oh absolutely yeah. Macca the, the relative value of the two because let's face it all, all of the all of the players that are going to be picked in the first round, bar the WA and SA boys, are unknown quantities. They haven't been able to play. There's no exposed form. Some of them are coming off injuries, like Hollands and Bruin and a few others. They're all going to be twelve months behind on their physical development. Um, they're all going to be behind on their match day development um, because they just simply been haven't been able to kick a footy around. Um, so, whereas next year, all, all things uh, being equal and things getting back to normal, um, th- those those lads that are going to come up next year are going to have the benefit of 12 months worth of uh, footy behind them. And there's already been uh, blokes identified uh, as out-and-out guns in the 21 draft. So, I think a first-round pick in 2021 is going to be far more valuable than a first-round pick in 2020. Well, everything you said is true, but I, I actually agree with one of the lads in the, in the chat, Sergio, uh, who said that he wouldn't swap eight and fourteen because we need players now to develop. And but we'll have one and two. Yeah, but Nikki, I, I think we Geelong built their Geelong built their their whole premiership situation on a draft, one draft, and uh, and I know that as Fiend's quite right, there's a bit of a crapshoot, but. Uh, we've also got the ability like to get hold of other people's first rounders. In other words, I would hope that our uh, the, the team uh, Ogilvy and, and and Co have at least followed it enough and sp- spoken to the players, uh, watched what they're doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And put it this way, it's it's Victorians which make up about I'm not sure the percentage they make up. <clears> I think it's about is it forty percent or sixty percent they make up? 60. They make up a if they make up sixty percent, yeah, sixty. So we've got access. Wow. We've got access, clear access to forty percent, 
So, and then of that 60%, that's where the crapshoot definitely takes place. And, uh, but there's probably, I still probably say there's probably about a dozen at the top that they would not, that would have been expected to be going top if all, all things had happened. And, uh, and I'm sure our boys would have done their work on that yeah, and they'll the, be able to work out possibly which ones they should take. But that's only part so, of the I, argument, Mac. That's only part of the argument. And I do agree. I think the recruiters will, will have worked very, very hard this year to make uh, an as accurate um, a assessment as they possibly could. But my argument is this, right? You're going to get a player into your system from this draft, if he's from Victoria, that has been not been able to play one game of football for 12 months. That lad is not going to figure in 2021. I could, I can guarantee you, any kid coming out of Victoria in this draft is going to struggle to get a game next year because physically they are just not going to be ready. So my argument is on that basis. Why bother? Yeah. Because next well, year, hang on, let me finish. Next year, the players that you pick up next year, all things being equal, they will have had 12 months worth of football behind them and they'll be just as ready as the lads that have been picked up this year at the same time. And I don't think there's any argument against what you're saying at all. Uh, but the, the whole point is, but you also your your argument also justifies the fact that, and as as one of, and again what somebody's posted in the chat, we we're a weaker team than we were yesterday, and uh, there's no doubt about that. We're, we're not going to be high flying next year. There's no doubt about that. We'll be we'll be in that bottom four or five. There's no doubt about that. So we, we will get access to a good player again next year. Um, just just on this. So if we have those four first round draft picks this year. So yeah. that's four kids that, as Fiend has pointed out, probably aren't going to maybe one might get a couple, one or two oh, well, might get a couple of games next year, but not all four. Depends who so, we but get. Literally, yeah, but literally you're going to carry those kids not for being able to months. play yeah. on for 12 months on a reduced list size, which we don't know what it is yet because the AFL and the AFLPA are still bloody arguing about it. Nobody yeah. can tell us what's going on. Um, so, yeah. So that's my, that's I mean, my hesitation a little bit around having four. Do we well, really need those four there? I think we'll be taking more than four because uh, what about our academy players? I, to me, I, I think it's a situation that we will use our four first-rounders and then try and use the balance on the academy players. And, um, the, oh, because Portal definitely bit on ball ace. But they're not well, – <laughs> They've got their own problems. They don't, they don't have problems. the currency, Nick. They've got their own academy guy they need points for. I don't think they're going to have the points to be able to bid on, on Borlais. They won't be bidding on Borlais because, you know, the bloke that they want out of West Torrance, he is, he is a bloody ripper. And uh, yeah. I would hope that we, that, we, that we bid on him at, at pick eight. I mean, yeah. that, that guy is going to be a very good, very, very good footballer. Yeah. Very good. So so there's a few, uh, and, you know, I don't want to belabor the point because there's uh, varying points of view and we're all sort of, you know, uh, flying in the dark. But uh, I guess it'll play out uh, over the next couple of weeks where it will become a bit clearer whether the club decides, as you as you say, Macca, to uh, strike while the iron's hot 
and fill the pockets or whether they try and leverage into next year's draft which is full of midfielders which essentially is what we need um you know um so you know the first round this the first round this year has got some a, a few midfielders uh, it's got a couple of tools. It's got a good defender. It's got a couple of running half backs. It's got a couple of, you know, forward mids. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. But in twenty one, there's some bona fide midfielders in that group. Um, oh, but- uh, and they're the, that's what we really need. That's where we're lacking in our list. Oh, but that's again, why but- I'm looking at what we do for this draft. But I'm going to be very interested in what we do around trade period as well as to whether there's pick swaps that happen. Because I think that'll give us a little bit of a gauge if we kind of figure out what we're kind of angling towards, and I and I think you're you're spot on, Fiend. It's a two year plan. It's not a one year. It's a two year plan, definitely going on. Yeah, but you think about it. Yeah, um, as one of the guys have posted here on uh, on the chat again, which is exactly what I was about to go to, is I, I would and presume we go for McDonald. Uh, the Western Australian boy in preference to the local lad, uh, but it could be either one. But say it's McDonald. Um, we go McDonald and Holland with one and two. O'Driscoll in West Australia at eight. Uh, Borlays and Newchurch, who are academy players, and I'd forget about Luke Edwards. Um, there's five players, and they are five. For example, McDonald's already, he's, he's proven he's going to be a player of the future. Yep. So you're not uh, Hollands as long as he, his leg is okay, uh, he is going to be a gun of the future. O'Driscoll's had a uh, a very very good year. I know that Fiend's very keen on him. Borlase has had a very good year, and Newchurch has got some very exciting tricks, and he's just got to be no, learn how. No. Learn how. But I, I'm learn completely how. cold on Newchurch. Uh, I, I think that I'm cold on Newchurch. I, I think. Um, there's an SANFL mid to be had, um, either um, uh, Powell from Sturt or Poulter from Woodville West Torrance. One of those well, two. Actually, one of those two in the second West, round. What, talk about West Torrance. What about the lad from the halfback flank? Where? Um, what a leg on him. Uh, yeah, I know, how many halfback rock. flankers do we need? Um, and and that's, enough. No, that, that's the problem. But I just, uh, but I, I just think we. That, you're talking about the risk and the gambles. I think there's not that much of gamble as, as, as we're talking about. Well, no, and you make a good point. The only in the the players that you named, the only um, player that's impacted by the Victorian restrictions is Holland. Um, yeah. Every other player is either played, but like the two WA lads have played in the waffle, um, and uh, the rest have played in the in the SNFL. Um, but interesting enough, talking about the Western Australian boys, though, Driscoll, did you see his comment that uh, he actually let it slip that the Crows are going to try and keep the two of them together? Well, they interviewed them both at the same time uh, in the same house, at, in the same room. Um, no, but uh, Driscoll's comment was more yeah, meaningful, no, I, saying that. Yeah, but that that was last week, Macron. If you'd actually turned up last week, you would have heard me say that just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, but oh, I'll just sit here quietly. <laughs> I can't help it. It wasn't well, mate. At, at least Nikki clocked in and clocked out. All I got from <laughs> you was some dribbling excuse about forty-five minutes. Look, don't don't feel bad for me, Mac. Feel bad for I the didn't. poor people on bloody Discord and 
listening on Facebook and YouTube, listening to bloody me yammer on for 45 painful <laughs> minutes, trying to make something out of nothing, with three blokes in the bloody chat, it was just, I, I felt for them. I felt for them. And uh, Well, I, mean, I, I feel compelled to make a statement here. that I'd, Go ahead. I'm not... I, I have to apologise for those poor buggers out there who would absolutely. <laughs> it would be it would have been horrible, but well done to you three. He stayed on. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> you know, do you know what? It was so bad, and I bet you Vardy's uh, typing this as we speak. It was so bad that even Vardy bailed halfway through. <laughs> he Vardy bailed I'm halfway through. And then came back onto the chat, you know, coincidentally, just as it ended, and said, oh, is it finished already? Yeah, thanks, Barty. Uh, absolute pleasure. But look, Fane, you did soldier on well, and uh, they, look, they all told lies and said you did good, so it's okay. Nah, it was all good. Anyway, look, uh, we won't belabor that point. It'll, it'll be very interesting to see how the club plays it, um, and uh, uh, there'll be a few the other clubs in, this, in the same boat uh Wondering, I think, whether to go hard this year in a, in a slightly speculative compromise draft or, or whether to save up the bickies. Um, my, the point my... is, though, Finn, we've, we've got so many options, it's unreal. I mean, because of the amount of draft picks we've got now and will well, have, we, well, we've, we've got, got, we've got situations where we could do what you're talking about. We could go after people's first rounders this year. We could do many things. And so it's probably... We've never had it this luxury in the draft, and also then we've got a sixty percent blind spot as well. So yeah, yeah. Now look, I think the biggest challenge, if they did decide to get try and get into the twenty one draft, the biggest challenge is actually getting someone to cough up. Um, I, my feel is that uh, there's two options. You get uh, Western Bulldogs will will almost certainly come into play in some way. Um, and under normal circumstances, I'd say that Essendon would be the other one uh, that you could do a deal with. Um, but uh, then you then you realise it's Dodoro and you just walk away from that. Sydney are the other one possibility, I think, that might um, might be willing to, to talk. Uh, but it's not going to be easy to get into the first round in 21. And of course, you know, yeah. you know I'm, I'm a massive G for... For Jason Horn from South, if his trajectory continues, um, it'll be. I, I will weep if he goes to a club other than the Adelaide Crows. I will absolutely. Yeah. I'll weep openly. Yeah. Um, as, as, as a as a South Adelaide supporter, when they're not playing the Crows, um, I would be very appreciative of actually having a decent South Adelaide player up there once again. What do you mean once again? You'd never had one. No. I'm I'm thinking like well back before the crows, Mark Naley. Oh Mark oh, no, Naley. I was just thinking I was just thinking that rare as head stick, Nicky, I can't think of one. I mean well Mark Mark Bickley, uh, obviously. Just, just, just because my mother was like twelve or something when they won their last premiership. Sorry, Mum, I've just realised your age. <laughs> I mean Mark Bickley, our first Mom. premiership captain was a South Adelaide boy, but I always thought that Mark Bickley was yep. a bit like um Remember that uh, English captain uh, Brearley? He couldn't bat, he couldn't bowl. He just was a very good captain, and I think Bickley yeah. was exactly the same. He couldn't actually wasn't yeah. a great footballer, but he was just a, a good leader. Um, so anyway, uh, and he would scrap on to get the ball. He was good in that oh, respect. Yeah. He, yeah. Hard ball. he was he was good in his position, and his position wasn't a flashy one. 
No, that's right. Anyway, look, um, what else have we got to talk about? I... Well, I've got to have a quick word about the grand final. Um, well, no, 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 no. Oh, Jesus, not the grand final. There were two games last week that were very disappointing. Oh. I wanted to mention Port's loss because um, the reason I say that is because I reckon they should have won the game and the reason they lost the game... Why are you doing to do this with... to me? Why are you doing this to me? Sorry. Because Mac has got... <laughs> when he wants to talk about something, that's all his brain thinks about and off he goes. Well, it... I well, one advantage of you not being here last week was that I didn't have to bloody wrestle the bloody playlist back off you. Anyway. Right, back, back to you. <laughs> before we go further, is there any other draft or trade issues that we need to discuss? I don't, I, Arancio Fantasia was I, the one that I was that I was uh, leading towards, Mac. Um, do we have any interest in Arancio? We have an interest in him, but he he hasn't got an interest in us. He wants to go to Port Adelaide. No, uh, silly. Where'd you get that from? Uh, well, going by from Port Adelaide. Oh, Come on, mate. <laughs> Excuse Come me, on, aren't mate. they trying to talk up to their supporters after that disappointing showing on Friday? Well, the point was, uh, the point is, I, I don't know about Arazio because um, he's he's got a, a fair rap, you know, when it comes to injuries as well, and he's not he wouldn't be cheap because you have to deal with Essendon and. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather just build our own team rather than than him. Well, two That's things. Two things. I think the Crows are his preferred destination if he had a choice. Um, but I think equally that there's no place for him in our list. Uh, I agree with you 100%, so. Matt. And, uh, and the price injury will be prone. too high. Injury prone. He doesn't fit the profile. Uh, his price would, uh, would compromise our um, salary cap position. Um, I actually think he's... If he can get on the park and stay on the park, um, he is cherry ripe for Port Adelaide. I think Port Adelaide need a dynamic small forward. Um, but here, here's the kicker with Orazio. He's a free agent next year. So if he was dead keen on getting to Adelaide, what I'd be saying to Orazio is, All right, you put, you put 15 games together in 2021 and you kick 30 goals. If you can stay on the park for 15 games and and kick 30 goals for Essendon, then we'll have a think about it. Because then we can pick him up as a free agent. Right now, I wouldn't pay the money, and I wouldn't pay the draft picks or the or the players to get that over the line. That's my view. Yeah, 100% agree with you. 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the prelim finals last week very quickly. Um, the first one, of course, was uh, a very sad occasion for anyone that barracks support and for all the rest of us it was bloody awesome <laughs> well I I made very good money so I, made, uh, I, I couldn't believe the price I got on Richmond just couldn't oh, believe the price there was so much hype and, about Port Adelaide well I, what I was really going to say before though Fiend when I interrupted you um, <laughs> was the fact yes <laughs> was the fact and I do apologise for that because mm, I do mm. it occasionally Sometimes. Um um, sometimes um, was the fact that I thought the game was during the week. I thought Port could possibly win this win this uh, game, and I really still think they probably should have if they'd picked the right team. I thought that they actually lost the game at the selection table. How do you hell do you ever go into a pouring wet game with three tools? One yeah, of them is Marshall with, with a busted up bloody shoulder. Yeah. Dixon who who take doesn't take too many bloody uh, marks in the game. Yeah. And a, and, a, and a second ruckman, 
for me. And the other part was you take in Burton, who's... Uh, well, he was he, that, that, he was cooked. Well, he played one game and you got to bring him into... The, no, you're not going to bring him in. You would have brought in... You should have brought in Leonard in there. Well, Leonard uh, was dead set stiff to be dropped the previous week, in my Yes, exactly. Le- I would have had Leonard there because he's uh, a good player. He's reliable. He's had good form all year. He knows the team pattern. Uh, so that's one. Uh, I would have... Uh, Marshall, he would have been pissed out of the team, bang, and I would have had young Woodcock there because it's, yep. it's a wet day. And... Yep. Um, uh, the old West off, he would have got the, the ruckman spot and uh, just been second, second ruck running around. Now, I reckon if they'd fielded that team, I think they would have won the game. But, and, well, they uh, would have had a better so chance, I, I think. And I think, you know, in Ken we trust, he's done it again. I just don't think they took their opportunities, Mac. They had the chance to really put Richmond to the sword in the first half. And they, they didn't do I totally it. agree. Yep. Didn't do yep. it. And you cannot give Richmond an opportunity. Uh, you just cannot do it. Um, and uh, it, the the thing the thing about it is that Port's game plan is very, very one dimensional, and it was very obvious that Ken had no plan to protect the outside of stoppage, which is where Richmond are at their most dangerous. They all run ahead of the ball, they just hustle and bustle and hustle and bustle and get the ball free, and away they go. Now Port did not at any stage protect the outside defensive side of stoppage, and in that second half. They'd all got sucked into the ball and Richmond players just hung off and away they went. And it was as clear yeah. as anything. And you cannot tell... I understand that Ken Hinckley is a very good people person. He's a good man-manager. They all think he's great and all the rest of it. But he is a shit coach. He is a Absolutely. shit coach. And they will oh, not win a flag. They will not win a flag until Jared Schofield takes over from Hinckley. I 100% agree with him because um, there were so many moves in that game. That, you know, like Rosie should have been on the ball uh, in that second half. Um, yep. that, that's one that just jumps out. Uh, just jumps out. I, say, I, I told you, I reckon you got the selections wrong. Um, Buddy Rockliffe. How bad was Rockliffe? Jeez. Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll add in Sam Palpepper because the number of times he's on that outside, he's like that outside runner. They were giving it to him, and he just kind of like watched the ball fall at his feet, going, oh, "I didn't want that." Yeah, they he didn't play the conditions well. Did not well. want to. Yeah, they he, they didn't play the conditions well. They also because they're very mindful of um, the Richmond defenders. They were going one on one, but then they were still trying to kick it in, the bring the ball in how they normally brought the ball in. You've changed your structure of your forward line. You actually need to adjust the way that you bring the ball in. That, and that then last we also was saw, painful. Oh, God, yes. And, and we also saw what Dixon, Dixon does in showdowns, that when he thinks it's a big game, he goes the biff. He goes, mm. I'm a big, tough man. Instead of playing his natural game, which he has been this year with that great flowing on and everything else, he went too physical and it backfired on them. Completely. I was, oh my God, there was so much yelling at the television in the second half of how was, stupid they are. I was laughing at but, the television because they all they did was in that last quarter when they needed to spread and they needed to switch the play and take some risks, yep. all they kept doing was going up and down that outer wing, up and down that outer yeah. wing. Bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah. The definition of stupidity, doing something over and over yeah. again with exactly well, the, the same results. It's what we've seen and cried about for years when we've played Geelong, 
and and they yep. force us into that um and we'll get to that game in a minute but you know Geelong forced us into that long kicking down the line game it's exactly what Richmond did to us in the grand final where they just choked the life out of us and forced us just to kick long and we stopped running Port Adelaide didn't take any risks there were plenty of opportunities for them to try and spread Richmond out a bit uh, but they never they never took the risks and you get what you no, deserve they, they, according to Kenny but also to me what it actually showed was that they had this big talk but it showed those players who cannot cope in big games. And they're ones that they should be offloading. If they actually want to be in that premiership window, if they want to be contesting, those are the type of players you've identified from this game. Can't handle yeah. it. Mop, mop. You get rid of them. Yeah. Well, to be fair no, to Rockcliffe, to, fair to, to be fair to Rockcliffe, um, I think they've got, uh, I think they've got, got it wrong a bit with Rockcliffe and also he's quite in terms of finals footy he's quite inexperienced um, but he's slow well he's slow, he's but, slow. Then, but then you play him the same way that we play Matt Crouch yeah yeah they played him you in know, the wrong spot you, you got to he's got to be the ball digger outer um, and he's not played that yeah. way no he's playing on the outside which is exactly. ridiculous yeah yeah uh, so he's, he's not being played correctly um, bad coaching again yeah so I uh, look I uh, I do not, you know, who the hell am I to say this, but I just don't rate Ken as a coach. You sit there and you watch games of football and you and you think there it's not just that uh, there are speculative moves that need to be made, but it's just game plan. The game plan was lacking and there was no runner to go out, you know, halfway through the last quarter when they needed to desperately take a risk or two. There was no runner to go out there and start telling blokes to switch the play and get get on their bikes a bit. He just let them play that up and down the line for that whole quarter, uh, and they never had never had a chance as a result. Well, the problem with the runner situation, though, is that uh, then under the current rules, they're not allowed to go out there other than when a goal's been kicked, and there yeah. was just so little so little score. So, and I yeah, think but the thing the thing of it is, Mac, they they rotate off the bench, and Kenny can get a message down to the bloke on the bench saying, "Oi, when you get back out there, tell people to start spreading." It's not hard yeah, to get a, you, not hard to get a message out. I agree with you. If you're smart enough, you'll do it. You'll get it done. And I don't think Kenny's smart. No, I, I think he's a very likable bloke, nice bloke, yeah. honest, all the rest of it. But I don't. I'm with you. I don't think he'll ever win a flag. No, I don't. Yeah, he's and Vardy Magic's got it right. He was a great player. He's an okay coach. An okay coach won't survive in finals. Well, let's not forget um, he got the to, job to, at to Port. the very end. He got the job at Port on the back of very high references from was it GWS or Gold Clarkson. Coast? I can't remember. No, it was where was Dixon? Dixon was Gold Coast, wasn't he? Ah, uh, he was Gold Coast. <clears throat> yeah. So Kenny as an assistant at Gold Coast was very, very highly regarded because he had that relationship with the players. And it's very different yeah. for a line coach. Uh, because they can afford to relationship in fact they almost have to relationship build. Whereas a senior coach can be a little bit more aloof and uh, detached. So Kenny came to Port on the back of being a very good people person. And I think he's proven to be a very good people person. You know, they definitely were playing for him. But I yeah. just don't... Th- I think he just led them up the garden path because I don't think he has the tactical nous. And I think it's no coincidence that the years that they've been semi-successful, they've had good tacticians around him, like Walsh and uh, this year's Schofield. But uh, they need yeah. someone else to take that over, I think. 
Anyway, um, the other one was uh, oh, terribly disappointing because I just felt like Brisbane shat themselves um, yeah. and never got into the game. Uh, never got into the game. They they were a shadow of the team that beat Richmond the the week before, and I think it all came down to finals nerves. I think they 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 uh, they ha- they were spent before they got out there. 100% right, Queen. Uh, you could almost smell them, the shit coming through the TV. They, were the, yep. they just were such a poor performance. Uh, every, we're talking about players here that are very good players that have had great years, and they looked like they were just amateur players out there. They, some, yeah. I mean, they, they froze. They, they, they just froze. They just Even worse than the Crows did it in, in 2017. Worse. Well, you know... Massive occasion for them. When you think about it, massive occasion for them because they're an inexperienced team in, in that circumstance. They're playing a preliminary final a in front of their home ground. But the massive pressure was they were playing to deliver their supporters a bloody home ground final for the first and probably only time this century. You know, No yeah. pressure, boys. You've just got to beat Geelong and you deliver <laughs> us a grand final. And those young lads, I, they were... They just... They didn't have it in them. And we know they can play well because they beat Richmond at their own game the week before. Um, but they just they didn't have it in them to be able to uh, manage that, that situation, I don't think. Yeah, it was all mental, all mental. They just, and that then translated into poor physical performance. And yeah. uh, I think you're quite right, Fiend. Uh, the occasion was too much. The pressure was too much. And they haven't been there before with that amount of pressure on them. Mm. Uh, they'll be better for it, but it doesn't help you this year, does it? But before the finals started, we had a chat about Brisbane, and one of the things I know that Fiend and I both raised was the problem we've got with their forwards is that mental aspects of their poor shots on goal. And we saw them, they had chances in mm. the third and the fourth quarter. An easy, what should have been an easy shot on goal, and they were absolutely spraying it, and that comes down to that, that mental pressure yep. that it's – and I think even – yes, they'll have this experience. Will it help them? I think there'll still be an issue there with that. I think they will always sit there. Well, they're um, bloody bringing in Denner here. It's not as if he's a sharp suitor, shooter. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. You're fanned out, boys. He'll make Hipwood actually look good. Him and Hipwood, bloody they'll – be, they'll be having a contest – 50 metres out straight in front to see who can actually kick a point because most of them will go out in the bloody fall. Well, no, see, the, the one advantage Danaher has that on the run he's actually a decent kick, but when he's a set shot, he's, oh, he's shite. Yeah. Uh, look, I like Brisbane. I think they've done amazingly well and um, we'll talk about the Brownlow in a moment just to finish off. But, um, you know, there's no doubt that uh, they play for Fagan. Uh, they love him. I think they've got a couple of chinks. I think Mitchie Robinson... Uh, it was found to be a little bit wanting. Um, Cam Rayner is a terribly disappointing pick one, in my opinion. And, oh, um, look, look he, he, I, when, he, when he first started in, in the first couple of years, I thought he showed little glimpses. I thought he's oh, going yeah, to be good. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. He just, he's just still showing little glimpses. Yeah, and, and there's uh, nothing but a half forward at the moment. No, and, like, you know, as a... If you if you rated where you'd pick him now, he would be in the first ten. He would probably not be in the first twenty. Agree, agree, and it's a real shame. You know they've got some nice tools. Um, uh, they've got a great engine room. Uh, Daniel Rich is the other one. Uh, how long can yeah. you hang on to Daniel Rich 
purely because he's got a lovely boot. The bloke is overweight. He doesn't run. He was oh. directly he was directly responsible for uh, that Gary Ablett goal uh, that basically sealed the deal simply because he didn't he didn't chase. He didn't he didn't put any pressure on Ablett at all. Um, I mean, he's um, one, terribly unfit. Yeah, just to back you up at one stage there, Mrs. Matthew doesn't know all the players. Says, "Who's that bloke with a fat ass?" Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was. Uh, that happened to be him. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Um, he's got hips like a woman. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Cameron, uh, as the boys are pointing out in the chat, um, absolutely shot himself game. on a big oh. stage. Um, and you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any animosity for Charlie. I think he did what he had to do, and you know, we got a decent pick out of it. But I hope Charlie learns from this because the only time, and Dersma's the other one uh, for Port, uh, the young lad. The only time you can afford to be arrogant is when you've already got the runs on the board. Charlie yeah. Cameron has not achieved a damn thing. You know, he's played some well, great games. He had a brilliant preliminary final against Geelong when he was in Crow's Colours. It was really a breakout game for him. He's had some fantastic highlights. But he hasn't won a damn thing yet. And Brisbane needed him to stand up, and he didn't. And if he's going to go showboating around with his motorbike and all the rest of it, He's got to actually deliver. And what do you have? Uh, he had less than five kicks, I think, for the game. Three kicks, two handballs, one tackle. You know, yeah. uh, that's just that's just horrific from your star well, small forward. So I hope he learns from that, Charlie. Well, just to add to what you're saying, that as a person who used to ride, uh, ride motorbikes when he was a young'un, uh, they should point out to Charlie that there aren't two throttles on a motorbike. He's really <laughs> <no surprise. laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's got a clutch Very good on point. one side. It's got a clutch on one side, and it's got a throttle on the other. Very good point, Macca. Moving away, two throttles. Yeah. So, yeah, never seen that motorbike yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's detail oriented, Charlie, in that regard. But anyway, and Young Dersma's the same for Port, and I don't want to heat shit on on him. He, he obviously dropped a mark that he should have taken, and. People are saying he dropped the cut well. It, you know, it, it, was, it, was, plenty of mates. it was very wet <clears> and <throat> everything else. So but the it wasn't fact, as easy as people were making it out to that. No, no, no. Oh, well, it, it was. It was, Nicky. It was easy. It was a mark that you, should have been taken. Yeah, yeah. Look, you might have dropped the Nicky, but Feed and I would have caught it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the simple yeah, fact is, though, see that, it coming. that the lad just needs to, um, to put the bow and arrow away and wait until he's achieved something. Um, I don't mind the bravado. I don't mind the celebration, but um, I think they just need to just sort of pull their heads in and be a bit more humble until they've actually achieved something. And Charlie Cameron's the same. So anyway, so we're left with a bloody grand final uh, of Richmond. That I don't care about. That I don't care about either. That I'm torn because I can't stand Richmond. I can't stand them. Yeah. But, but I, I, I don't want danger to get a premiership. To, to, I just exactly really right. don't want Exactly that, that's, right. That's where I'm going. And I'll yeah. actually, oh, my God, be barracking for Richmond. They do have a good song. Well, I, earlier in the year, I said Richmond couldn't win the flag. I changed my tune about three or four weeks before the end of the... You did? My, and yeah. then I said, I think they can win the flag. Yeah. And um, and I'm going to stick with that. And the reason I'm going to stick with that is if, when last time they met and they did... It wasn't at the uh, Brisbane Cricket Ground. It was at the uh, Metricon. Uh, they absolutely paddy-whacked Geelong. They absolutely made them look stupid. And uh, so I think 
psychologically, I think they've got a big advantage uh, over Geelong. Um, and I think what they do have, they've got totally different games. Um, Richmond play the, the chaos. They, they play the chaos game and move it. Everything's all forward movement. It's all forward movement. It's flat out and it's chaos. And then on the other hand, you've got Geelong, who try and do st- steady and a pass here and a pass here, try and keep control till the opportunity comes. Uh, but you make one error against Richmond, and it's like uh, a pack of mad dogs descends upon you. Yeah, um, and they've got a lot of uh, options and that, for goal, a lot of options on goal. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think of the, the young lad, um, uh, the Indigenous young lad who's really, really blossomed in the last five or six weeks. Sydney uh, Stack? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Um, um, Shy Bolton. Well, Shay Bolton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, you know, everybody's uh, saying how good Martin is, but the Shay Bolton, I'll tell you what, he has been a driving force in their yes. wins in the last few weeks. Yes, and he's really, just got, stu- really stood up. Yeah, he's got, exhilar- he's got exhilarating pace and he's got yeah. the ability to twist and turn and, and and he's got vision. He's got vision as well. I just think he's been a great play, uh, player for them and uh, all their other little speeches, are, I think he's inspired them as well. And uh, yeah. I, I think the Richmond will be too good. Nick? I just don't want danger. <laughs> and I really, really, really hate Geelong more than I hate Richmond. I hate Richmond, but I think they're going to win it. Yeah. I, I also, uh, where, where I'm also coming from there is that I think that as much as we hate it, Richmond have that experience. And they just know how to stifle teams. And Geelong are very predictable. They play pretty much one way. And as you pointed out, Fiend, they know how to stop it. Mm. So I think it's not going to be high scoring. Um, and I think they'll just have too much class and too much coaching now for think, Geelong to handle. I think um, there's only two ways that Richmond lose games at the moment. It's A, if they don't bring their intensity, and yep. B, yeah. if a team matches them for intensity and takes their chances, which is what Brisbane did the other week. Um, they don't lose the second way very often. You know, In the last couple of years, if they've brought 100% intensity, they've tended to win. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think Geelong are capable of putting enough pressure on Richmond to be able to stifle them the way Brisbane did a couple of weeks ago, which is the only other way I think Richmond lose. So I actually think Richmond will belt Geelong. I really do. That's what I, yeah, I do too, because it comes down to leg speed. And, you know, um, and I know they've got totally different game plan styles, but et cetera. But Geelong are forced to play that way because they don't have leg speed. Yeah. They don't, they're actually relatively slow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I think Geelong will get belted. I think they... Uh, they rely on too few, um, and you know Hawkins has a bad game. They don't have any many other goal kicking options. Uh, you know they'll spread Paddy as thin as they possibly can. And look, all credit to Dangerfield. He is playing like a man who knows that he's got limited chances left at a premiership, and he has been willing that side into the grand final. I think his his final series has been immense. It really has. Um, yeah. But but I don't think he's You're got right. enough mates. I don't think he's got enough mates. You know, Ablett will make a cameo. No. Selwood is is. Uh, but they'll you know, they'll stop they'll a... stop Ablett more than what um, Brisbane did. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, they they just didn't match up properly on on. I mean, they put bloody what's his name on Ablett 
Um, oh, I can't think of his bloody name now, but it was just a ridiculous matchup. It, just, it was never going to work. Um, yeah, so uh, long and the short of it, I think Richmond will win in a canter. I don't think the only level it might be weather. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I think um, I think Richmond will win uh, easily. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be really hot, like twenty-seven degrees, and um, so it'll be chilly. And, and uh, yeah, and, and high moisture level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just to finish off, we had the Brownlow Medal on uh, Sunday night, which is the reason why we're here on a Wednesday night because uh, uh, you know, heaven forbid, we miss out on watching the the Brownlow. Um, it was an interesting affair. I quite happily did. Interesting attire. Um, but, uh, gee whiz, have you ever seen a more runaway leader than bloody Lockie Neal? Absolutely scorched. Had a, had a, one, had a one after about six games. Yeah. Um, and look, well-deserved too. Well, absolutely well-deserved. But and, uh, and, you know, the two blokes that uh, ran second and third, um, Steele from St Kilda and Bokey yep. from Port, yep. uh, They've had great seasons themselves, and in Agreed. a normal year, they'd, they'd be in the count. But you Agreed. know, um, Lucky Neil has just paid a head and shoulders above everybody else, and uh, yep. well done by Lucky Neil. And you, you know, when you read his story and what he ha- has to say and what he way he's gone about it, all you can have is ab- admiration for the guy. Um, yep. Bit of a worry about his missus; he didn't want to know him when he was nobody, though, and quite happy to have him when he's somebody. Oh, um, no, no, no. He was only bloody seventeen when he first. Uh... Yeah. When he first approached her, and she was twenty two or twenty three or something. He was only a kid. Yes, not a bad looking woman though. Not a bad looking woman. Um, oh, no. and, well, and obviously they're a great um, partnership as well. Um, you know, it's not a not a trophy wife situation by any stretch. I don't think. Um, so good on them. Um, the last yeah. thing I'd point out on the Brownlow Mac and Nick is that uh, H Greenwood and Jay Lyons. 20 votes. <laughs> Adelaide Football Club, 20 votes. Yes, well, there you go. Um, we, it does help when you're playing in teams that are winning. Yeah, it does. It does. But, but 20 votes. Uh, has anybody ever had low? Oh, well, of course, they've never had a 17-game uh, season before. But uh, it'd be interesting to know whether whether any team's ever had 20 or less votes oh, uh, after 17 game matches. You know. I just think it's ironic after Rashido came out and bagged Greenwood earlier in the year, Greenwood's uh, <laughs> out, outvoted ninety percent of uh, the Adelaide team with eleven votes. So I think uh, all season, I mean, every time I watch Gold Coast, you think, "Why did we let him go?" Well, I mean, you know, because you, you don't listen to me and Pete for that matter, <laughs> and, and me. Yep, we didn't want to let him go. Was that ever on the running sheet? <laughs> no, I just added that in. <laughs> Um, um, and can we also can we also though highlight as amongst the, those twenty votes three votes three votes Lockie Shoal for his body of work yeah and zero <laughs> votes to the lad who got the nomination from Collingwood what yep. was his name again <laughs> can't remember uh, so, Isaac Quainor Quainor that's right zero votes he's, he's a very good player and the the club was actually brilliant in in what they tweeted out about him but yeah come on AFL. Yeah, just fess up now. It's not on a good game. It's a body of work. Agreed. That's agreed. Bullshit. How can it be anyway, a body of work when you when you give votes uh, here, here one, we, one two, and three? It's just bullshit. P, 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 PJ, PJ Crow's helping us out. GWS had nineteen votes one year. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Thanks, PJ. I don't I don't find that comforting. Um, look, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it there. Uh, it's been a big night. Lots to talk about. Uh, we've got a grand final coming up. Uh, thanks to everyone who has joined us on Discord tonight and uh, those who have listened in live on Facebook and YouTube and also Twitch. Uh, don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast and get around that. Uh, you can join us on Discord. Uh, those on Discord will notice I've added a few uh, more chat channels in the chat section. Um, I will, if you do have some comments about the trades uh, and draft situation, get in the AFL Trade and Draft uh, chat channel. We'll hopefully get something going in there, uh, post a few things and make a few comments. Uh, that includes you two as well, Macca and Nikki. Get in there and get amongst it. Uh, if you're into F1, I'm always up watching F1, so feel free to come and have a chat. And if you're into the NFL, um, hello, American Crow. Uh, whose team, the Cleveland Browns, got slaughtered by the Pittsburgh Steelers last Monday night, 30-7, if you don't mind. Yeah, we, we won't talk about my team. So uh, American Crow was giving me shit on Big Footy all week, <laughs> and I just played it played it cool, didn't bite back, just, re- just had faith in my team, and they delivered in spades. Cleveland were a rabble. A rabble. Anyway... So we will be back on Sunday evening. Evening? What is the AFL Grand Final on the Saturday or the Sunday? It's a Saturday, isn't it? Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. Yep. Saturday. So we'll be back on the Sunday night um, for a quick Grand Final wrap up, um, and then we'll continue on Sunday nights uh, during the trade period and the draft and all that sort of crap. So we'll be around. Uh, Mac might turn up occasionally. Um, I will turn up, thing. I'll good. turn up. Very good. Just add, so, just add, add water to the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, look, thanks everyone uh, for joining us. It's been good as usual. Quick, Macca! Buddy Magic! Yep. What's going on now? Oh, yeah. Eagles. And congratulations to the bloody Eagles who finally didn't choke oh, in the yeah. grand final. Finally didn't choke <laughs> in the grand final. Yeah, that word is mentioned. Got some revenge on North Adelaide too, didn't they, after that 19 man on the ground? Fiasco. They, they they were fantastic, the Eagles, and uh, it is a, they, they are a real good side. I reckon there's probably about three players in there that will go in the draft, anyhow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like their midfielder. I reckon uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in pros colours. Young Poulter, Caleb. Is it Caleb Poulter? Uh, Foot, you're talking about foot? I don't know. Poulter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Too late. We're over. It's out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Catch you later. Yeah, not all. Yeah, not all.